0: Daily with Jason Mertidis. All right, here we go. Brand new Flyers Daily for the 1st of April. It's April Fool's Day, everybody. Hope everybody has a great April Fool's Day. And not related, but tonight at the Flyers Buffalo Sabres game, the Flyers will honor the one and only Steve Coates. Yep, going to be a celebration of Coates' 43 plus years as a broadcaster for the Philadelphia Flyers. He announced his retirement uh, back on March 24th. Uh, So if you're going to the game tonight, we encourage you to be in your seats by 630 as the celebration will begin during warm-ups with an official on-ice ceremony beginning at 7 o'clock. And throughout the night, the Flyers will celebrate Steve Coates' extraordinary career with testimonials, highlights from his career, and footage from his beloved Coatsy's Corner Series and we'll carry that on the radio as well. A lot of it will translate to radio which is great. So we honor Coatsy tonight and the Flyers get back at it with a game against the Buffalo Sabres. The Sabres come into the game not playing their best hockey of the season. Sabres uh, right now sitting in the fifth spot or, excuse me, sixth spot in the Atlantic Division of the Eastern Conference through 73 games. They've got a record of 35, 31, and 7, 77 points, 3, 4, and 3 in their last 10, and they did lose their last one. Where do they sit in the playoff picture? Because it's been a long time since the Sabres have been in the playoffs. Those 77 points actually have them sitting seven points back of the wild card number two, which is the Pittsburgh Penguins, at 84 points. Now, they do have two games in hand on the Pens, but here's the big issue. Ottawa and Florida sit between Buffalo and the Pittsburgh Penguins. So not only do you have to catch the Pens with uh, just seven games remaining, but you also, well, for Buffalo, it's nine games remaining, but you also have to leapfrog two other teams to get there. So, not an ideal situation. The last time the Buffalo Sabres made the postseason was 2011. This will be now, uh, they've gone 11 seasons missing, and they've had some years where they were okay. Like 2012, they were 39, 32, and 11, but missed the playoffs. So, they're over Hockey 500 that season, but missed the playoffs. But they have not been over hockey 500 since then, at least until now, where, like I said, they're 35, 31 and seven. But it looks like they're going to miss again. Uh, they made the playoffs in 2011. Uh, they lost in the first round to the Flyers. Actually, in 2010, they made the playoffs. They lost in the first round that year. The last time they won a playoff series was back in 2007. Now, 2006 and 2007, they lost in the conference final. So one, two rounds each of those years. Each of those years. So they haven't won a playoff series since 07, and they haven't gotten to the playoffs since 2011. Could it be 12 years without the playoffs in Buffalo if they miss this year? It absolutely could. They have some good players, and by all accounts, it looks like they're moving in the right direction. There's still some obvious holes there in net, some goaltending. They've got some young blue liners, but some really good ones. Rasmus Dahlin, they've got uh, Matias Samuelson, they've also got Owen Power, got some good players up front. Can they put it all together? We'll see. Again, it's been 11 years since they've made the playoffs. It has not been an easy rebuild. It's taken several phases of rebuild there in Buffalo because they changed the path so often. They changed general managers so often. They've changed coaches a ton as well. So we'll see. Flyers and Sabres tonight at Wells Fargo Center. Flyers playing some of their best hockey of the season. They've got a seven-game point streak going right now. Uh, the the games, uh, the seven-game point streak, the 5-2 win over Buffalo started it. That was the second game of the uh, seven-game homestand. Then the 5-4 OT loss to Carolina, the 6-3 win over Florida, the 5-4 shootout win over Minnesota, the 3 nothing shutout over Detroit, the 3-2 win over Montreal, and then the 5-4 loss on Thursday in Ottawa. So tonight they'll go for eight straight games with a point. And some people are going, oh, why are we doing this now? They're pretty much locked in where they are. For the draft, no matter really what they do down the stretch here, unless some kind of miracle or nightmare happened, depending on how you look at it, uh, the Flyers are going to be in that about sixth spot uh, for the odds uh, in this coming uh, this coming uh, draft lottery coming up on May 8th. So uh, it doesn't really make a difference at this point, but we'll see how it plays out at that time. And uh, the Flyers are going to head on the road after this game. They're going to jump a uh, They're going to jump on a plane after the game. They're going to head to Pittsburgh, and they got a four-game road trip. Pittsburgh, St. Louis, Dallas, and the New York Islanders back home for two against Boston and Columbus, and they'll wrap up the season coming up on April 13th. Now, at this point in the season, I think it's always interesting to look at the standings. The Flyers now have eight games left. They've played 74 games on the season. Through those 74 games, they've got 71 points, 29, 32, and 13 as their record, 5, 3, and 2 in their last 10. Last year at the end of the season, the Flyers finished through 82 games in the bottom spot in the Metropolitan Division. They had a record of 25, 46, and 11 and 61 points. They were minus 87 in goal differential all said and done last year. So 61 points last year. At this point, still with eight games to go, The Flyers have 71 points, so 10 more standings points. But that minus 87 in goal differential last year, this year that's been cut down in a huge way. Minus 41. Still not good. Minus 41 is nothing to get proud about. It's a lot better. It's a step in the right direction. We'll see how many points they finish the season with after the full 82. But right now, 10 points ahead of where they finished last year, and they still have got 8 games to go. The interesting thing is this. As I was looking at these uh, last year's standings and this year's standings side by side, I looked at the team that finished seventh last year in the Metropolitan Division. It was the New Jersey Devils. Through 82 games last year, they finished with a record of 27-46-9, 63 points. They were minus 59 in goal differential. That's the Devils last year, 63 points. This year, the New Jersey Devils? They're in the second spot of the Metropolitan Division. They have seven games to go. They have a record of 47-20-8, 102 points. They are 39 points better at this point than they finished a year ago, and they're plus 52 in goal differential. Again, last year, they were minus 59 in goal differential. This year, they're plus 52. Now, why is that? And I'm not saying, hey, the Flyers could jump to that level very quickly. Well, they had a lot of young players and a lot of things come together, and it kind of all happened at once. But it didn't all happen at once in how they fixed it. It took time. They had to have players like Nico Heischer, who they picked number one overall in 2017. They had Jack Hughes, who was the number one overall pick. They've got other very important pieces there, including the signing of Dougie Hamilton as a free agent to that monster contract. So you can't look at the 63 points the Devils had last year and look at the Flyers and say, well, can they jump to be a 102-point team next year? I don't see that. But it is just astounding to go from minus 59 goal differential to plus 52. And at this point, still with seven games to go, 39 standings points higher already. What a year-to-year comparison for the New Jersey Devils, all in the positive direction. Now, the one thing I want to get to in this episode is I was cleaning out some stuff in the home studio and I was cleaning out my broadcast bag. I found a printout of something I had from the 11th of September, 2022. I printed it at 7.58 p.m. And the headline of this thing that I printed says, the top 20 questions for the 2022-2023 Flyers season. And here's the questions. I'm going to just kind of breeze through half of them now, breeze through the other half on another episode. And once the season's completely over, we're going to revisit all of these with Bill Meltzer. But the first one I had, and these weren't in any particular order, but the, the question number one was, who fills the leadership void with Claude Giroux no longer here? Now, I think that Scott Lawton has certainly filled that. Travis connecting, I think, filled that when he was healthy. I think you're seeing some other younger guys, like Noah Cates fill that. Nick delarier has got a little piece of that as well. So while they don't have a captain, and Tort said they're not going to name a captain next year, most likely, who's filling that leadership void? Which led us to question two is, who eventually wears the seat for this team? Well, we know that they're not going to have a captain this year, and they're probably not going to have a captain next year. So that's kind of a null and void question at this point. we got to see what pieces go out, what pieces come in, and who assumes that role. I mean, Lawton's the obvious one. He's the only one to wear a letter this year. But we'll see who eventually wears uh, the captaincy uh, for the Flyers. The third one I had is who fills the role on the ice as the team's best player and feared the most by the opposition. This is also in light of the fact that Giroux was no longer here. Couple that with the fact that Atkinson and Couturier haven't played a single shift this season. So who has filled that role as the team's best player? Well, it's obviously been Konechny when he was healthy, but he only played 52 games. He's got 55 points or 54 points in 52 games. But with him out, and I'm not going to put a goaltender into this, uh, it's got to be Owen Tippett. He's the guy that the opposition looks at and says we need to mitigate what he's able to accomplish. And look, his numbers are not eye-popping but he's had a really good second half of the season. And question number four was, which player between Konechny and Provorov is more likely to thrive under Torts uh, to see them as a long-term solution player? Now, when we did this, I initially thought Provorov was the more likely and that Konechny maybe would have elements of his game that would drive Torts crazy. But I think that hasn't been the case. Torts really likes Konechny. Really likes what he brings to the table, the pace of play, the creativity offensively. Yeah, he's going to make some mistakes. Yeah, he's going to get, be on the ice and make a bad play that ends up in the back of your net. But he's also going to be a guy that is kind of an emotional leader for the team. I think Torts really likes that. So while I would have said Provorov before the season, back in the middle of September, it's Connecting now for me. Um, question five was how will Ivan Provorov and Tony D'Angelo mesh both on and off the ice. You know, we didn't see them play together a whole heck of a lot. This is kind of a question that didn't really pan out to have a whole lot of meaning because Provorov's played a lot more this season with Cam York than he has Tony D'Angelo. I think they recognized pretty early that Proveroff and D'Angelo from an on-ice perspective wasn't really going to going to cut it, so they put Tony in a position to play more third-pairing and power play and put York with Proveroff despite the fact that York's a left-hand shot and plays the right side. Question number six is, will the power play under new coaching but without Giroux be an area of significant improvement? Now, it is improved. Last year it finished at 12.7%. This year it's about 15.5%. It's the worst in the league last year, and it's the worst in the league this year. So while it's improved, it's not significant, and it's not nearly enough. You need talent, though, for a power play as well. So hopefully that comes in due time. Um, Question number seven was, as currently constructed for the most part, will this team be much improved defensively and will they defend significantly less? I think they have defended a lot less. I mean, I brought up the goal differential from this year at minus 41 to last year at minus 87. This year's team has struggled to score. The Flyers last year scored 211 goals. This year, thus far, with eight games to go, they've scored 202. This last year, they gave up 298 goals. This year, they've given up uh, 243. So yeah, they have been better defensively, despite the fact that you're missing some key guys that can help you defensively. And I don't mean defensemen. I'm talking about Sean Couturier and Cam Atkinson. They have been better defensively. I think they're the structure defensively has been a lot better as well. Number eight, Wade Allison and Tyler Leszczynski remain, will they remain available without injury to be able to help this team? Now, Lazinski came up, played a little bit, was out for a while, just came back recently, once again, beset with injuries. Wade Allison, love when he's in the lineup, but he's missed about 20, 24 games or something. And Torts had a press conference about two weeks ago, where he said always hurt in regards to Wade Allison nine times. You know, I think Allison's going to be one of those guys that's always going to miss a good amount of games because of the way he plays the game. He plays the game without with, with reckless abandon, and that's going to cause him to get banged up. you got to figure out if you can accept that for what he brings to the table. And again, a and big question of that is, can you accept that, and is he going to be healthy if this team gets into a playoff situation? Because that's when you need them. That's when you need all hands on deck. Question nine was, who wins the backup goalie spot, Grosnick or Sandstrom? And is that an area that could prevent the Flyers from a decent improvement in the standings? We know that Sandstrom won it. Sandstrom kind of lost it, though, but not to Grosnick, to Sam Erson. This is before training camp when I wrote this on the uh, 11th of September, before we even knew that Sam Erson was going to have a good training camp and a good preseason It's been Harrison that's been the guy. Now, he's back down with the Phantoms because he needs to play, and he's not the starter here. Carter Hart is, uh, and they're trying to push for a playoff spot down there. Uh, But no, to me, that's not something that has prevented them from having a decent improvement in the standings. They've had a decent improvement in the standings. Uh, Long way to go, but they have had an improvement in the standings. And then question number 10 for the first 10 that we'll go through here is which of these three players will show significant development this season in the NHL at the NHL level, Frost, York, or Tippett? And I think the most exciting part about this question, again, which, which of these three players will show significant development in the, in the NHL this season, Frost, York, or Tippett? I think you can check the box D, all of the above. I think they've all developed. Frost has been a little erratic earlier in the season, but is really buzzing right now. York started out the year in the AHL, but came up and it's, he's had some you know, little areas uh, or stretches where he hasn't been great, and they healthy scratched him the one game to just kind of let him go watch from up top and reset. But he's been much better since he was called up. And then Tippett just seems to be gaining confidence every shift he takes. So that's great news that all three of those players have shown, sig- to different levels, significant development this season, though. I feel all three of those guys are much improved to where we were and what we were thinking about them back on the 11th of September 2022. That's great news. We'll get to the other ones here from uh, this preseason question marks list that I had for the Flyers coming up in a subsequent episode. But it is the Flyers and the Sabres tonight at Wells Fargo Center before the Flyers head out for four on the road. We'll recap Flyers-Sabres tomorrow on a Sunday edition of Flyers Daily. So everybody, enjoy your hockey tonight. We'll talk to you tomorrow on a brand-new Flyers Daily.